Welcome to episode 768 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 768 of Iron Talk with Coach John Euston and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Kia ora, Bevan. How you doing today? Doing his mouldy lessons. I'm fluent already. <laughs> fluent. Kia ora, Kato. I don't actually know what kia I know kia ora is hello. What does Kato mean? I haven't got up to that part yet. <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're trying. I can say my name. I can ask you your name. Okay, well, how do you do my name? How do you ask me my name? How do I ask you your name? Yeah. I go, Kawai Kawai. Kawai Kawai. Kawai Kawai. Well, it's kind of Kowai Kowai. Kowai Kowai. I think. Kowai Kowai. You got Kobevanaho. Kobevanaho. Yeah, there you go. Okay, well, each week, you, you guys, it's going to be an international audience. They're going to be speaking some Maori language. Um, How did you find the first lesson? Uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Turned up and the Holy Hammers in my lesson as well. Oh, what's he listened to the show. <laughs> he listened to the show and he thought, I'm going to sign up for that same course. Yeah. Guarantee it. Holy hammer, give him a life. Leave yeah. him alone. Stop stalking him. <laughs> I talk is proudly brought to you by our awesome patrons. Let's name a few Jumbo. Chris the Jetstream Doherty. We've got Carl the Hooker Trout. Brody the Tree. No, yeah, Brody Tree Edge. I don't yeah. know where that one came from. How do you say Ethan's last name? Mattis. Mattis. Yep. Uh, the Pied Piper. Ethan the Mattis. Ethan the Pied Piper Mattis. This week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. What I want to do with the one I talked about last week. I forgot. I was thinking that yesterday, and then yeah. I forgot what it was. Okay, we'll pull rank. I'm pulling rank because okay. your one's my one's awesome, but life changing. Okay. Um, have we got an age group? Did we you? have not got an age group. I've <laughs> not updated that <laughs> part. Interview. We have an interview. We have, and we did that last week. Alyssa Daler, uh, who you will hear from shortly. It's a very good interview, and she talks about a very interesting topic that we'll talk about post interview. Uh, you're doing a coach's corner, which is kind of a slash a high five. That we did a couple of weeks ago, and it's sort of the next few weeks we're just going to pad those high fives out. We did th- three quick fire high fives, and this week we'll pad it out a bit. Uh, wing of the week and questions and answers at the end. Jombo, the first result we're going to talk about, which we do annually on this show, where this is an Ironman show, but we do talk about Coast to Coast annually. And uh, I've got to say, I got to work at it this year, and more than I normally do. Uh, and I was saying to Joe, John before we pushed record, I said two things. I said, mate, you've got to do this race. Mm-hmm. It's seriously, I, I like you know, my endurance sports not really my buzz anymore. I'm kind of more just a, well, I'm kind of crippled right now. But, yeah. but I'm more of a runner slash gym guy nowadays. Um, but that coast to coast is a cool race, man. And the idea of going from so the the well, give us the details. So of the you go three k run to start with, um, which one point nine miles. I tell you what, they sprint off the start. Line. Yeah, because <laughs> I did the start on the coast yeah. both days, and the people doing a two day, mate, everyone. Not, not, not just the people at the front. Everyone took off like though you're some bold. And the, the, the key, the reason why they do that is it's basically a run and then onto a draft legal 55-kilometer bike ride, 34 miles. So you've kind of got to get off the, the you know, get off the marks quickly so you can get into a good bunch. So you bike that 55Ks, which has got a few rollers in it, but it's certainly not hilly. And then, uh, then the real... Not crap happens, but uh, then you go into a 33-kilometer run, which is 21 miles, which isn't that long, but it basically takes a marathon, probably a little bit longer yeah. than a marathon. Off-road, you could go through rivers. It's, it's a really interesting run because there's kind of little cubby holes that if you find, or if you don't find them, it's going to cost you a lot of time. It's not trail running. This is proper 
climbing over climbing boulders. Climbing over boulders and stuff. There are some trails, but uh, it's not It's a beautiful run. Have you done it? Only once. Yeah, but I would like to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you come out of the run, or if you're doing the two-day, you finish there, and then if you're doing the one-day, uh, then you carry on with the 15-kilometre bike ride, so 9.3 miles, um, and then you're into the big meaty 67 kilometer paddle 42 miles um down river downstream paddle but um semi-technical you know you you just if you kayak for a year and you've got some competence you're okay you've got to get a certain certificate to be able to do it um but if you're nervous you'd be crapping yourself for for reasonable chunks of it plenty of just cruising but then uh, not that i'm speaking from any experience whatsoever but definitely some technical stuff. And then you finish off with a, a 70 kilometre, 43 mile bike ride, which is flat, um, very slightly downhill, and usually into a shitty, shitty headwind. Now, the Holy Hammer has actually done this race, hasn't he? Holy Hammer has done the race. He did the long, longest day, didn't he? A couple of years ago. Yeah. First race, uh, they, they tested it in 1982, and then the first race was in 1983. First few years, they did it as a two day event. In 1987 was the first time they established the longest day. Uh, so it takes a bit longer than an Ironman, and uh, I might see if I can get old uh, this year's winner, Dougal Allen, on a couple of weeks um, to sort of talk listen, to his race. because he asked me how my back was. I was right. impressed with that. I was like, oh, yeah. nice. well, hello, Dougal, you're obviously listening right now. Um, so the cool thing about this race, well, interesting, if we go back to when we interviewed Richard Usher, and I was actually saying this because I kind of did the, the race briefing and the pro interviews and then the start, so I was kind of doing a lot of stuff, but I was talking about how when we had Richard Usher on our show, Mm-hmm. And he said he, he actually felt Coast to Coast was harder than an Ironman because he said in a Coast to Coast, A, it's a solo journey. You only mm-hmm. really get a couple of moments where you see the crowds. Uh, and B, in an Ironman, it's only really, if you race wisely, it's only really the second half of the run's hard. Mm-hmm. And then you have got crowds then. And he said mentally he found it an easier race. Not necessarily mm-hmm. physically, but mentally he just found it an easier race. The thing I love about this race, and obviously it's called the Coast to Coast, but what you do is you start on the west coast of the South Island of New Zealand and if you do the longest day, in that same day, you end up on on uh, East Coast. East Coast, yeah. And it's um, oh no, it's just it's a it's a great event. It's it's and it's really well run. Uh, the race director does a really good job. It's it kind of faded away a few years ago. They, the original mm-hmm. owner kind of lost a bit of love on it, and I think only about four hundred when Yaddy sold it. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's back up to about twelve. Now they've got mixed events. Um, but it's up to twelve hundred people now. Sold out really early this year. Big crowds, you know, like um, and it's it sold out with only Kiwi crew. Yeah. It's not a spectator event, though. I mean, if you're a spectator, you kind of you no, see your athletes for a couple of times. I think the thing that's cool about it is because, like, like Ironman, on race day, you see your person go and you see Maybe them throughout f- the day. Maybe four or five yeah. times, five times, six Whereas times. Whereas on the coast, you don't get to see them much, but you're a part of their team because mm. you're in Ironman, you can't use any outside help. But whereas on the coast, your, your team's a big part of your journey. So there's this real kind of cool thing that they feel more involved in the experience, which I kind of like. Um, but... If you are looking for something different, I know overseas people probably wouldn't be able to do it the next year, but in the next few years of your life, if you look at something, now you'd obviously need to learn to kayak, but um, highly recommend. It's such a cool event. Definitely. And it was, it was a pretty exciting racing um, this year. The results don't really show how exciting it was because um, coming onto the final bike leg, which is 70 kilometres, so you know you've got you know, less than two hours of racing left. Uh, a guy called Sam Manson was in the lead. He had about three minutes or so on Dougal Allen. Um, Dougal Allen is a weapon on the bike, uh, and he came through and absolutely destroyed that final bike league and actually ended up winning by 10 minutes. So it was all over, over, you know, within about 20, 30 k's of the bike ride, but still up to that point, um, it was kind of anyone's game. So Dougal Allen first in 11 hours and nine minutes, Sam Manson second in 11.19, and Ryan Kiesanowski with a broken toe yeah. was in third place 
place in 11.31. And I think that was pretty awesome for Ryan. So two small stories. Sam, interestingly, seemed to make a bit of an amateur error in my thoughts because in the first ride, he broke away from the pack. Right. Yeah, and so he broke away from the pack. Probably got about three or four minutes on the pack. I can't remember exactly mm. what it was, but it kind of seemed like a, he had another guy with him. But you kind of mm. thought, you know, would you really want to break away from the pack that early in the day to get three or four minutes? It'd be like, you know, at Ironman going for it in the first 45k of the bike ride. Yeah, because in the pack, and as John was saying earlier, on the coast to coast, you can do, it's a group ride. So, you, you know, it's drafting. So to do a solo mission, it seemed like a bit of a strange move. Mm. And then Ryan Kizanoski, which is cool because Ryan's a local athlete, has been around the scene for a long time. His sister was an Olympian, so he's mm-hmm. a very good kind of um, pedigree of the family. But I think this is the first time he's got top three. I think right. sixth or maybe fourth was his best in the past, but he did have a broken toe. And he came off the bike, he came out of the water, and there's about three guys in contention for that third yeah. spot. And it was only, only paid to three. Right. So, so he did really well. And then the girls' race was really awesome as well. It was. So they were neck and neck basically the whole way until the final bike ride. So again, the, the, the result at the end, there was a 14 minutes or so between them. But Simone Mayer um, came through. She was, I think she was sick last year. Um, she ended up winning by that reasonably large margin. But they were with Elena Usher uh, they were sort of shoulder to shoulder all the way through until they came onto the final bike ride and then Simone Mayer pulled away and Alison Wilson was in third in 12.54 yeah highly recommend are uh, you saying give a, give a plug Charlotte Steele first time she's done it she finished in I think she was 11th overall in the females and I think she got just pipped for sort of third uh, let me just have a quick look here Gender, female, I think she got just pipped for third sort of non-elite athlete. She came on Epic Camp uh, and she finished 12th place in 14 hours, 11 minutes and 50 seconds and only 45 seconds behind the person in front of her. That's a big day when, you're, uh, when you've been out there for 14 hours and there's only 45 seconds in oh. it and then there was only another minute uh, to the person in front of her as well. Well, speaking of that, John, did, did you hear the story about the Tower Royal over the weekend? The Tarara Ultra Marathon was on. Um, now, the only story I know from that, well, the two stories I know from that, we had a female winner overall. And second place. Oh, and second place. Didn't well, know well that. that's a bit they missed on the news. So, Tarara is owned by Ironman. Right. It's an ultra, ultra race. So, I think it's 160K. Well, they have 160, 102, 50 and a half. Mm-hmm. So, it's got something for everyone. Um, but in the, in the 160, the girl won it by about 18 minutes. It was faster than 18 minutes. But she was only one minute ahead of the second place getter. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Mm. And a race of 160 guys. Yeah. I think she's a bit of a weapon runner. She's She made an Olympic qualifying time yeah. for marathoning. Um, but I would say also in that race, and I haven't looked at the results, that George Bennett, who's our legendary Kiwi cyclist who won the Nationals oh, yeah. at the weekend, his, his wife, I think, won one of the events on oh, the female really? side. Jeez. Wife or partner. Um, so there you go it's New Zealand multi-sport news for this weekend <laughs> yeah, no triathlon news <laughs> uh, but well, we've got a couple of pieces of news coming up um, Challenge Miami is a pretty awesome starting field we've got Frodo signed up looks like Sanders Matt Hansen Paula Finlay Lucy Charles and Hag uh, TV coverage is also looking like it's going to be like Challenge Daytona so this looks like it's going to be a pretty awesome race it's going to be awesome I'm intrigued when, when is it? March the uh March. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be. It Soon. looks awesome. Um, you know, whenever you get Fredino on the line and Sanders, he's like, his, Sanders thinks Fredino is just Christmas and he's just going to be 
gunning for him. What do you mean? Santa's idolizes Fredino. Oh, does he really? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, he's the standard I've got to try to get to. And then he, then he obviously idolizes on the short course side, you know, um, Gustav Eden and things like that. So um, Sanders seems to be fit year round. So I think he's going to be in pretty good shape. Matt Hansen. When, when's Frodo not fit? Yeah, he hasn't raced for 17 months. So Jeez, really, when you say it like that, I'd uh, I'd still put my money on Frodo, but who knows? And Matt Hansen had the fastest run split in uh, Daytona, so who knows? And then the female side, you've got three really different athletes with Paula Finlay, who won the seventy point three the the challenge Daytona. And you've got Lucy Charles; she's going to be fast because she's on a Q bike now, so she's going to absolutely destroy it. And then Anne Howe, because you got you know, you'll have Lucy Charles off the front. You have Paula Finlay in the middle, and then you have Anne Haug sort of a little bit out the back with the fastest run split. Um, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's good that we've got to watch it as well. Okay, the other piece of news, one other piece of news is that the Collins Cup, uh, we mentioned that the date is going to be in August, but we didn't mention that the prize money slash appearance fees has dropped by 500 now. Is that 500? 500K. 500K. But that money is going to go towards local events like pros uh, who... So you know how we've had um, like, PTO like, have been supporting events throughout the So is this period. because they don't think they'll have to get everyone there? Uh, totally. Yep. Okay. So, so that's great that they're going to carry on supporting events. So they're um, taking some money away from the overall event because ultimately they just don't think they're going to have to get the stellar field. And also, you know, it's very top-heavy. So great they've got huge money there. Um, but top-heavy, those kind of athletes are the ones that are going to be doing okay. Yeah. So this was a board decision. It's not like some race organiser going – just making an arbitrary decision. Yeah. It's the the athlete board going, hey, we need to look after the you know the middle and the bottom people a little bit more. So um, I don't think anybody's really complaining about that. Yeah, good stuff. They, they do seem to make all the right moves at this point in time, don't they? Absolutely. I'm fascinated to see how this goes. Mm. You know, I'm fascinated to see if, if if they can get some good PR around it that can start to creep into. The sporting fan. I think because I think, you know, I've talked about this when we went deep. But I think there's two things. First of all, they've got to get triathlon lovers. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they've got to try to tap into sporting fans. And then thirdly, try to get reach outside of the sporting fans. John, you listened to Mecca's interview about the sub seven slash eight. Yeah, so a few little things. Um, they they, uh, they are really making this up on the fly. Oh, really? So Just the, put, the, to put the, together a website and hope? Yeah, and so like they're kind of making rules, but they're not really rules sort of things. Okay. Which, which I've got, Hey. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know we were debating how many you know, whether they're going to have a gigantic peloton in front of them or not, and it sounds like the rule is, which is kind of a rule, but it's not a rule, is athletes can kind of have around about four or five athletes each on the bike, and okay. so it's more going to be a pace line than like and a can team they draft. Yeah, so you so can definitely draft. So it'd be more like a team time trial than necessarily sitting in behind a bunch. But at the same time, if I'm Alistair Brownlee, I'm not going to the front of the back. Yeah, so... So I'm just going to sit at the back as they roll around in front of me. Yeah, and so you've got those four athletes and they'll each have their own little subgroup. So you won't have, you know... Um, Brownlee's group mixing with Blumenfield's group. They'll so, have. And are they looking at doing it as a race? So they both start at the same time? Uh, I don't think they really know that yet. I don't think so. I think they're going to start them a little bit separately. So they will be going at the same time, yeah. but not sort of directly head to head. Maybe, maybe not. Um, so you can't draft within the groups. Four to five athletes. Well, on you, the can't draft, you can't draft within the groups. Within the two separate oh, okay, groups. The two groups can't work of together. Your, okay. your athletes. Yep. So again, I would agree with you. You'd just be sitting in, wouldn't you? And have your oh, athletes totally. rotating around the front, and and, you, and can you, and can you choose cyclists? Yep, you can choose anybody, and they 
what it made sound like they needed to be complete the bike ride, but it sounded like they could come in and out a bit, maybe. So you kind of do a lap and you okay. can't. It was, wasn't super clear. But that happened, that happened in the marathon. Yep, I, I agree. And then you don't, they don't have to complete the whole race. So you don't have to do the swim, the bike, the run. So you'd have your swim team, you'd have yep. your bike team, and then you have your run team. Uh, the location that Maka mentioned was possibly Montreal, and they had the ITU World Champs there back around about sort of 90. 97, something like that, 97, 98 or something like that. Uh, so it's a it's a motor, you know, a, a race car track yep. and there's a lake nearby. So nice and smooth and unlike racing in Daytona where you're just doing lap after lap, it's got corners so you would have a little bit of movement rather than just being in that aero position. I don't know about the profile, whether it sort of goes up or down, but the surface is going to be amazing easy to shut it down so then you've got that flexibility of um, when you're going to do it you're not probably tied specifically to one day with traffic management and all that sort of stuff so venue sounds really cool Um, and it kind of sounded the overall thing that I got out of it was that it's kind of down to the athletes to figure this out and Macca and his team are basically going to do the promo get the event all sorted okay but then it's down to the athletes go, well, you can kind of decide how you want to do the pacing and it's down to you to sort out the science. Where okay. They may be funding it, but they're not actually, it didn't sound to me like they so were going to be here's, here's a blank piece of paper. You figure out the best way you think you can get there within reason. Yeah. Okay. And unlike, I think, with the Nike project, that was just one team, one per. Well, I know they had a couple of people in the end. Do they in the Nike one? Do they have a couple? First, no, first the time first, they had, first time they had, they had four. four. Yeah, yeah, they had four. And, but there was only really one who was going to have a chance. Yeah, oh, the one of the other guys stayed close to the end, mm. and then he faded with about ten minutes to go, wasn't it? Yeah, in the first one. But then the one where they actually did it, it was all about one. Yeah, just Kipchoge. Yeah, yep. So yeah, it sounds interesting, and just kind of making it up a little bit on the fly. I'm intrigued to see how fast they go. So here's the question, John: Where's the money? Sorry. Uh, the Russian, but I'm pretty. Oh no, there's actually some foundation that, that that's um, helping fund it, which is, I'm assuming, is funded by some Richie Rich dude somewhere. Oh, some Richie <laughs> Rich dude, because I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm liking that it's coming on. I'm just not sure what, what's the business model around it. And a lot of people are slagging it off, and and I've slagged it off to a degree. I just love to see it non-drafting, to be honest. Then then I'd be going, I'm all in. This is going to be wicked. Yeah, if they could have a pace line, but mm. they had to, or even if they had a pace pack and they had to be twelve meters back from the pace pack, would you be happy with that? Nah, <laughs> you're hard man. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this weekend, guys, there is a bit of concern around this race because we have Challenge Wanaka coming up this weekend in New Zealand on Sunday. We, unfortunately, we had a new case of COVID, and it's the UK variant, which apparently is one of the worst. Uh, I think South Africa is worse than the UK, but still one of the worst ones. Uh, at this stage, it looks like they haven't really found any more people and it mm. looks like it's kind of contained, but we don't really know. We'll so be finding out today. Yeah, and tomorrow's the official, Wednesday isn't it? It's official day where we go back out of lockdown. But the New Zealand, in New Zealand, our strategy is go hard, go early. So Auckland went into lockdown, we've gone to level two. So um, what that means is that you can't have anything more than 100 people in one location. Mm. So for Challenge Wanaka, this is... Really delicate moment for them, isn't it? It is. So they've said they're off if it's if the COVID levels stay as they are, which will be an absolute shame. Which we'll know t- tomorrow, won't we? Yeah. Um, and if not, we have Challenge Monica, but it's going to be challenging because a big part of their, their 
athlete base is going to be coming from Auckland, I would imagine, anyway. So people in Auckland are going to be sitting there, um, well, can I travel? They probably would have travelled by yeah. bloody Thursday or something. So who knows what's going to happen. But if it does happen, um, fingers crossed it does. We have got you know, a really reduced field this year, probably on the age group side of things, as well as... Uh, I think they said on the 800, but this I think it's over the whole... Is it your phone? No, it's your front doorbell. Oh. You, you keep talking. Uh, so on the men's side of things, we have Braden Curry, um, who is the sort of top seed. But we're going to have Kyle Smith as well, who we've heard so far is undefeated over the half Ironman distance. Uh, so he is absolutely tearing it to pieces. It'll be fascinating to see how he goes again against Braden Curry. And then you've got Jack Moody, who's going to be the third seed, who's an absolute electric runner. So he, if the others are fading or not having a great day, he could come through and take the bacon. Uh, on the women's side of it, it's not going to be too much a race. It was being billed as Hannah Wells versus Teresa Adam, which is normally a really good fight. But unfortunately, Teresa Adam is out. So it's going to be Hannah Wells probably absolutely dominating the dojo. And uh, yeah, which is a bit of a shame for the race and for the PR of the event. John, we mm. need to pause the show. You've got to move your car. Oh, do I? Yep, they're, they're doing some works. And the guy. Well, I didn't park it right was, next to the cone. It was very polite. Yeah, he just he said, hey, get that schmuck to move that car. Yeah, he said, I saw that Newsome walk in. I get his car out of here. So we'll be back in two seconds as John moves his car. Don't hustle it up. I know John's talked about the race, but who'd you pick for the men's win? Uh, I'm going to go with Braden Curry. Purely because I want to see, I think if we get Kyle Smith gets beaten, it maybe just dent his confidence slightly, very slightly which I think would be a good thing going into Ironman New Zealand because if he goes in there just thinking he's unbeatable, um, he might go a little bit too hard. I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Ironman New Zealand. I think it's going to be a great race. Well, even this race, this race is good, you know, because Smith's beaten Curry twice now, and Curry's an axe. Mm-hmm. Like Curry is a beast of an athlete, but it's a home ground advantage. Surely that plays a field. But yeah, Kyle, Different course. Yeah, Kyle Smith, the, the advantage he'll have, he'll be probably be off the front in the swim. Not by a massive margin, but he should. He'll, I'm sure he'll try very, very hard to get away from Braden Curry. Uh, and if he does, then he's going to just potentially just smash the bike course. Braden Curry got home home course knowledge. The big thing with Challenge Monica this year, for those that don't know, they've had a major, major course change. So going to be a completely different course. Uh, not going to be ideal and nowhere near as nice as the old course. Uh, multiple do we, do laps know, on the do bike. Do we know why the change happened? Um, mainly financial reasons and traffic okay. management challenges. So hopefully it's just for one or two years and they can go back to the old course. So it's going to be a, just an up and down lapped bike course and then the run is going to be off-road. Um, which Are they doing the trail back from Glendoo back into town? Oh, that's a hard run. No, they're not doing it. They're going to the mountain bike park. Oh, okay. So could be a really interesting run. In other news, Geelong 70.3 has been postponed until March, supposed to be on in the next uh, week or two, um, but because of COVID, a little COVID outbreak in Victoria, that's been postponed, but good to see it's still happening, and come on, Yossies, get on top of it again. We'd love yeah. to see some more action happening. Well, we want to go there as well, don't we? Mm. Once New Zealand opens the border to Australia, we're going. Are you? Oh, day one. Are you not? No. What are you going to wait for? Domestic tourism is so much to see in New Zealand. Back going to Australia. Oh, we've been doing that for the last year and a half. Oh, no, there's so much more to see. Oh, I can't wait to love New Zealand. Tourism. My, and my daughter lives here, so I need to, to see my daughter. Yeah. Um, John, I actually watched this. Um, Mount Snail sent through Hayden Wild. John's ITU update. Oh, John's ITU update. Hayden Wild ran a, t- a 13.29 5K on the track 
equaling Alex Yee's PB. Yeah, so I looked that up because Hayden Wild uh, is one of our main athletics meets, and I think it got it got postponed. It was supposed to be on Friday, and for whatever reason, I can't. I'm not sure why. Probably COVID hadn't come out then. So. No, it was weather related. I I, I imagine okay. it got pushed to Saturday. He ran 13:29. He had a few guys running with him for a while, and then uh, he had one guy last with lap. him in the last lap, and then he gassed it. 13:29, 5k. That How is heartbreaking that. Is for the runners of New Zealand. Well, to be because f- every place has their ego. Yeah, to be fair, the very best he, the very best runners in New Zealand would beat him, but they're not here. Yeah, but still, it's uh, a it's, triathlete turns up to a track meet. Yeah, and takes out. You know, and he's won New Zealand cross country champs. So we know that Alex Yee is you know by far the fastest I, runner in the sport in uh, at short course, and for Hayden Wild to be matching him. Good okay, so so uh, you, you, it's John's ITU update. I don't really follow ITU. Uh, Alex isn't a strong swimmer. How's, how's Hayden swim? Apparently, it's improved quite a bit. He's Is he a bit like better. Alec? No, he's better. He's probably mid pack as opposed to Alex G. He's probably back of the mid pack. Okay. So, but Hayden Wild's a, a weapon on the bike as well. So, yeah. Have we got a, a potential Olympic medalist here? Absolutely. Oh, Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> Absolutely, potential medalist. So. Oh, I, I, we've buried the lead, John. John scared me this morning. Yeah, we just stuck in my house. Did you not hear the doorbell today? You had your bloody music on so loud. No, I didn't. So my turn. I turn up, ring the doorbell, and uh, I think I maybe didn't. But you can always walk in. And I walked in, but I uh, I didn't have to open the garage or anything today. Cause yeah, maybe on the one day. The I don't. don't it's it's drizzling, guys. It's drizzling. I got drizzled on last week when I biked home. I wasn't happy about cleaning the old Q bike. <laughs> and so today I drove, came in. Sitting in the office, I always get Devin's not. He didn't heard that. Go, okay, got him. Got him it's good. Uh, also, there's a world record in the sub 15 minute 5K. What's that? For females. So we have a oh. new female world record 5K. And she smashed it to smithereens in Monaco. Now, she went 14.43. Wowzers, that is fast. That's she did smoking. have, and I don't know the uh, athletics rulings, it sounded like she had a male pacemaker, Luke Maas, um, but still. you got have, it. We, have we talked about the one where they did the lights as a pacer? Uh, ages ago, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, they had the lights instead of having a pacer as a runner. Yeah. I think she saw people helping her, but then the last lap the lights was there to guide her around. Mm. That's pretty interesting stuff. So, it was impressive. What do, what do you reckon the men's world record is, Bevan? Oh. It's it's about twelve forty. Twelve fifty one. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say twelve forty nine, but yeah. Jeez, that's unbelievable, isn't it? That's pretty. That's <laughs> yeah, it's just I like I, this, I love that kind of human excellence thing. You know, when you, think, you just look at any like I was talking to who was I talking to when I was doing some coast to coast work. I was just talking to someone. Maybe it was Gurney. I can't remember who I was talking to, but just talking about how how an amazing athlete you are just to get to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't get. Like you, you, you only really get any love if you get a medal, mm-hmm. if you go to the Olympics. But to get to the Olympics, you are a beast. Mm. You know, and then you look at these elite, the, the, the people of the best of the beasts. It's just awesome, isn't it? What I like, 12.51, amazing, 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 amazing time, is Hayden Wilde's only 40 seconds off that. That's pretty cool. And he's, how old is Hayden? Uh, 23, maybe 24. My prediction, he's winning this year. He's winning the right. gold. It's going to be announced here first, Bevan. Here we go. Sea to Sky Challenge, March 14th. I heard this. Hayden Wilde's coming to town. Porno is doing great promotion for you. Great. Because we went out, we did a quiz night the other night. Mm-hmm. We got second. That's good. <laughs> you got second. Yeah. No, no, we're pretty happy with that. But 
um, Pono was telling everyone, hey, Miles, Blair, Blair, Blair Nord won news. He was yep. telling get, get Blair to get, get cameras out there. That's what I've told him. Yeah. So, so. They, okay, I'll release the field now because Here we it's go. pretty oh, awesome. This is the official announcement. This is the official announcement. A potential, no, future Olympic medalist. Hayden Wild, And then we've got the basically the top three Kiwis are coming. So we've got Hayden Wilde, um, Sam Ward, and... Taylor Reid. So there are three biggest guns in the country. Taylor Reid. What, what's the distance? Uh, 750 swim, uh, 16k bike, but a massive Tough. big hill climb, Tough. and then a 7.5k run. Amazing scenery. Beautiful run. And so we've got those three. Taylor Reid's a former world under 23 champion. Sam Ward's had quite a lot of top 10s on the world circuit. the blonde guy? That's Taylor Reid. Yep. yep. So we've got the top three boys, and then on the female side, I've got the top four females in the country coming um, with... Uh, Ainsley Thorpe, who has been on a lot of the mixed relay teams. She's a current world under-23 mixed team relay champion. And we've got Nicole Vanderkay, who is Commonwealth Games bronze medalist in the mixed team relay. Uh, Rebecca Spence, former world junior champion. And Sophie Corbett, who got married at the weekend, been on the ITU circuit for many years. John, we, we, we normally you wouldn't get this field because it's obviously COVID's helped. COVID's helped. I'm pumping up and putting some money into it, and I'm making sh- uh, sure that the athletes aren't out of pocket or anything when they come down here. So yep. a bit of prize money. Um, w- will you get PR? Will you get the news? That, that that's the intention is yeah. is to try to use the athletes to get. So I'm just trying different angle of marketing. Plus, yep. I want to a help the athletes as well. Um, but yeah, if it was any other year. Most of them are sort of starting to race about now. And then the other thing I've done, it's a, it's a different couple of weeks earlier, so it's a lead into what would normally be the new Plymouth World Cup race. Oh, of course. So pretty pumped about that, providing oh, the bloody event goes ahead. Uh, the event's going to go ahead at the current levels, but it's going to be a bit of a debacle with uh, management. Oh, you, you could sort of at level two? Yeah. Because you did it last year, didn't you? Yep, it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I remember that's right. I was kind of last minute for you. You got thrown up and down. John, I do think it's working because you know what I heard. What? When we were at the quiz night the other night, Paul has given the promotion to Blair Norton for my mm-hmm. news. And he goes, I think I might make a, make a comeback. Yeah. Come out of retirement. Yep, no, he's doing it. So... Porno the Shawno Barnes. Mm-hmm. Porno the Shawno. There you go. That's okay. a new name for him. Okay, this week's discussion, guys. Oh, so if you are in New Zealand, you want to do the race, where do they go? See the sky challenge.com. I guarantee the course, you'll absolutely love That's it. For un- unbelievable. Most people in Christchurch go, it's not my priority race for the season in terms of performance, but it's my favourite race of the season. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning. It's probably one of the most beautiful places in New Zealand to go for a run. Mm. Absolutely stunning. Okay, this week's discussion. Um, what did you work on from a triathlon perspective during 2020 to stay motivated when there was no racing in sight? And then number two, what would have you done differently if you'd known it was going to go for this long? And not was many it, people did. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't our greatest question. <laughs> it wasn't right. the greatest training year for a lot of people and they wouldn't have done too much differently. Tim Martindale worked on my running. The Ironman VR series really helped me to stay motivated. Um, if I was still going to race Ironman last year, I would have been doing a lot more longer rides and runs. It's been nice doing shorter training and I do feel healthier. Good old Brett. Chen has got, um, I wasn't successful in staying motivated and dropped significant fitness. I would have tried harder to maintain a program or at least some base training. Yeah, a lot of people will be suffering there. Michael Van Deventer said, one, functional movement improvement, and two, moved to a warm country and a house with a pool. So that's what he would have done if he had uh, had another chance at doing it differently. That's a really interesting question. Is If you had the resources and you knew it's coming, mm. What would he have done? Bet yeah. you that, that will happen next time around when this eventually 
something comes back, whether it's five years, ten years, twenty years, whatever it is, guarantee you there'll be a lot more Jump. movement. Tom Thomas Peeps has got. I rode 263k's in one day as my main event of 2020. Here in the UK, a few races went ahead, so I DNF'd at Hal Hal Valen Hal Valen due to the rain. Since lockdown 86, <laughs> I've been mostly eating. Um, 263k's in one day. That's a bloody long ride. Good on you. What's for lockdown 86? Do you think there's 86 days? Oh, is it 86 weeks? No, it hasn't been that long, has no. it? So, but I think that is probably his point is in the UK, they're coming in and out of lockdown oh. bloody all the time. Uh, Mark Funkster Brooks, I've been fully committed to an 80 20 polarized approach to see if it works. So far, I've improved my economy on the run by now by being able to run 10k in under 40 minutes, easily in zone two. Nice work. Lynette Tani has got eating. Number two, stop eating soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve Deodonis, he said, I, make go- I made goals right away. He wanted to do a sub 40-minute 10K and a 300-watt FTP. I knew this was going to go long, probably tra- and he'd probably train for a marathon. Currently training for a sub five-minute mile. John Weir, last one has got, I've got a lot of indoor training intervals. So there, there we go. John? Your thoughts? Uh, what would I? We're in a slightly different position yeah, to most of you are. guys, so you know it's easy to life and on. Yeah, but um, what I, if if our lockdown was still happening now and had carried on all the way through our summer, I probably would have gone to town to try to prove my improve my anaerobic capacity on the bike by just um, uh, doing a lot more Zwift racing, twenty minute TTs, and really focusing on short course stuff. And then the other thing I would have uh, liked to have done is gone through and clicked off all the routes in Zwift, which I didn't uh, end up doing. There's still a few long ones that I haven't done. Plus, I have to do that bloody for the Zwifters, the London PRL, and I did that in my yeah, my yeah. software crashed on me and I came back and so I didn't get the little completed uh, tip. Rode the distance but didn't get the completion. Here's an interesting question for you, John. Oh, two interesting questions for you, actually. First interesting question is, when you do really well in a Zwift race, do you get some kind of ego hit as if you would have done it in a normal race? Uh, not really. It's more the numbers for me. Like, yes. No, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. you, let's say you go to a local cycle race and you have a stellar day. Mm. You walk around with your chest a bit higher. You know, and you get that kind of ego hit and, you know, like... So I guess the answer is yes, but only a small bit because yeah. you, uh, you've really got to not understand on Zwift. Everybody's kick is a different, well, smart trainers are a little bit different, power okay. sources are different, some people on smart trainers, some aren't. And so, yes, you do want to try to finish really high in the rankings, but I don't take it too seriously. Um, but I definitely get a hit if, uh, if you've improved your power numbers and done really well on that front. Another thing I've been thinking about around this whole COVID thing, and it's probably not so much for New Zealand kids, but... Is there going to be a lost generation of sports kids from COVID? So, like, you think of like a UK where they've been in lockdown pretty much, you know, off and on, but pretty much for a whole year. A lot of kids will be lost away from sport. And, and you know, like, did you read Gladwell's um, Outliers? No. Oh, so Outliers is where that 10,000 rule, uh, rule got popularized. He didn't actually come up with a guy called Andy Zerickson did. But he talks about how um, you look at kids who have become stars – and, and one of the keys is they get the development pathway really early in their career. Mm. And so um, I just got, I thought, well, I'm kind of curious, in 15 years or 10, 15 years from now, will there be a, a lull in high-level athletes? No, obviously there's still going to be athletes, but, you know, because there's kind of this year where kids haven't had sport, mm. you know, and what's the cost? And it's like, for example, does New Zealand kids have an advantage? You know, in the like next couple of years, I'd probably say yes. Yeah, like a, like a, like a rugby, and five ten years from now, will we all be better because just our kids have stayed in sport, 
I stayed in sport and had that skill development through a period where other kids wouldn't have been able to have that skill development. Devil's advocate, you look at it another way, you say a lot of athletes that were on the edge and possibly overtraining and, and overreaching, they've got had a year of less structured training and that may prolong their career significantly. Yeah. So no, but I'm talking more about kids, you kids, know, you just get, you know, like young kids who are kind of in sport. Because mm. I imagine like a UK, sports participant participation is non-existent right now. Mm. Other than your elite level, mm-hmm. but for your everyday kid, and then what habits does that create coming out of this time? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's, it's really some like I think we'll look back on this time, learning some really fascinating things post this time. This week's discussion. Okay, here's what we're doing. Okay. We're doing the greatest, the ten greatest female oh, athletes right. of all time. Oh, sorry. Yep. No, that's. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking you were going down that goat path again, and I know you are. No, but because you understand yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so again, I'm sure you listened to the show last week, but last week I was watching you say the 10 greatest athletes of all time. I think they had two female athletes in it. They had Serena and I can't even remember the second one. And it did get me thinking because then Joel and I was, we were saying it's about sexist, you know, to say, you know, shorties, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then, But then I have to admit, coming up with 10 was, because I think the thing for me it's where I found profile. it hard. Well, the problem is New Zealand, I know 10 top New Zealand female athletes. Mm. But like netball, mm. how big is that on a big scale, on a mm. world scale? You know, so um, New Zealand female stars, you know, top 10 in New Zealand. Like a Barbara Kendall, she maybe go down as one of New Zealand's boss, top athletes of all time. Nobody in the rest of the world will know who she no. is. Yeah, so it's like stuff like that. So who are the top 10? Ooh, um, who are the top 10 top female athletes, sport athletes across all sports? The GOATs mm-hmm. of female sports of all time. John. Music, Devin. Here's some music. Coaches Corner. We were perfect harmony then. Nice. So padding out a high five from a few weeks ago and then the high five there was around the the swim and five random things you can do to get yourself swimming quicker. And I know a lot of you guys can't swim at the moment, but for those of you that can or when you're planning to get back to the pool, here's a few things to help. First one I said was go get yourself videoed. I use an app called Huddle, um, Huddle Technique. Why do you like it? Uh, just it's just easy like you can basically video within the app and then you can just freeze frame things I'll go into that in a moment actually okay. um, so it's huddlehudl.com and it's uh, huddle technique we'll probably you put a link in the show notes Bevan yeah but the website's not that good no it's free but it's bloody good when you, you've got to download the app onto your phone okay so um, I find that you're best to use or you can use a phone um, but it's best to use an iPad then you've got a bigger screen in terms of your playback yep. you can get the two syncing together but I like to film it with an iPad um, when I'm doing in a coaching capacity I was actually doing this yesterday with my daughter uh, and then you can actually show them live feedback straight away phone screens a little bit too small mm. so film using the app rather than the, f- the, the video function within your phone although you can import from um, with, if you've just got a video file but I just use the, the app to actually do the recording um, so once you've filmed it you can slow it right down you can freeze frame it you can uh, sort of go rock it back and forward which is a lot different to just a normal video footage you have say on your phone where you can kind of pause it but you can't get the exact point so it's got the little scroller bar down the bottom and you can just go back and forward um, to really look at different aspects of your stroke you can also compare clips so you can have say for example you go swimming this week and then you go in a couple of weeks time and you want to compare the two Um, you can basically have 
have two screens playing at the same time and you can freeze one and get it to the exact same point as the other and really compare if in fact you've made any changes if you've been trying to do that. Uh, so when you take the footage, the key things are or the other person needs to stand directly in front of the person when they're swimming towards you. So if you're swimming down the left-hand side of the lane um, and the person, you don't want them standing behind, say, the dive block. They need to stand directly in front of you so the angles are all nice and square. And they only need to be filming probably the last 15 metres or so. So then you can get a good front-on shot. And what you can see there is your hand entry with your hands crossing. And then the last few metres, you'll normally be able to see under the water to see what you're doing. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, the front-on shot for most people, you're going to be able to see an, the, the key things you're doing wrong. It's nice to get a side angle, but the front angle is where you're going to see you know, the really major flaws. And for most people, that is um, hands going across in front of your head uh, and then sort of crossing across your body underneath um, when you're sort of pulling through. You want to do it at around about your sort of race effort, so half Ironman effort. You don't need to be sprinting or anything like that. So that's tip, tip, tip number one is get yourself videoed. Number two, learn to streamline properly. Bevan, I recall your streamlining wasn't your strength. What do you mean to swim behind someone? No, streamlining when you're pushing off the wall. Oh, no. John, my yeah. skills weren't very good at all. <laughs> I, I recall you doing the Superman push-off, so both arms sort of out to the side no, like I Superman. I don't know if it was that bad. <laughs> Come on. That was like a, fr- you see like the, a jellyfish. You <laughs> see the Superman push-off. No, I, I knew that do. one. That's, yeah, oh, you see, you've done the slightly different technique there. Bevan's got his hands above his head, and he's kind of got them crossed over, yeah. um, whereas... The technique I tend to like Show me yours? is hand, one hand on top podcast, of the other. Oh, you do that one. So oh, maybe I did do that. No, I think I did that. Yep. Yep. Because so, then you push on top of the water as well. Yes. Yeah, so streamlining is, is really, really helpful for, for a number of reasons. So first, it gets your body in the correct position, really long and strong. And what that's going to do is really help you minimize um, drag. Because if you're low in the water, there's going to be more drag. So that's why you streamline is number one. Um, also, when you push off the wall, you can feel what it's like to move fast in the water. So that helps to improve your awareness of what it's like to move quickly. So the key thing is um, practice getting into the streamlined position in front of a mirror. So flexibility um, may limit you somewhat. So the positions you want to, that you want to be trying to, to get is one palm on top of the other with your thumb, uh, the top thumb looped underneath the other one. Really straight arms, really stretching out. Get your head down underneath your arms. Um, so sometimes some coaches for some reason have people streamlining with their ears kind of between their arms. Now for, for some of you, flexibility might be an issue. That's yep. that's as good as you can do. But if you can really get your head down and your um, underneath your arms, uh, you're going to be a hell of a lot more stretched out. Uh, have a really long straight body, so stretching out and push off strongly when you go off the wall um, and trying not to be pushing along the surface of the water. You need to go a bit deeper. So you know, roughly a third or, well, it depends how deep your pool is, but probably, you know, maybe around about a metre below the water is where you want to be pushing off uh, and push off strongly. However, you do need to be a bit careful of that because if you do lots of strong push-offs, um, your calves are going to go into, uh, get a little bit of a shock to the system and you may cramp in your calves. Two questions. First of all, well, one's a, one's a statement. Melina, mm-hmm. role model. Be- I bet you. Oh, mate, when he would push off, he'd be halfway up the pool. Yep. He was awesome at it. Secondly... How do you not get your heart rate up too high? Because um, I used to find if I tried to do a long push-off, 
you know, the, the leg push would kind of elevate my heart too much. Very slightly. It's, it's like practice. Once you get used to it, you become more efficient at doing it. Um, but it's not like you're pushing off and kicking like crazy and doing a few so strokes. It's yourself. literally just that push off, getting the body in the right position, and then you just be going nice and fast through the water. So you might think, oh, Melina's got a couple of meters on me off every push off of the wall. That doesn't matter because I'm swimming in the open water. Mm. But the key thing is it gets his body into a good position and he's nice and high in the water. He's nice and long and strong. So that's mm. the main reason. It is helpful when you're swimming in the pool yeah. to have good turns and then you're going to swim faster. But when you go to open water, that doesn't really matter, yeah. but the body position is what's key. Um, I've got a little YouTube clip um, from, I think it's Gary Hall Jr. or Senior or something like that, which is sort of explaining it and showing the position as well. Yes. Learn to use the clock. These days, um, well, we used to just use the pool clock all the time, but most people use watches these days, which is absolutely fine. Uh, using the clock gives you something to be thinking about. Um, so you're not just coming in and thinking, I'll have 10 or 15 seconds rest. You're actually having to um, focus on some numbers. And so you might be doing, say, 200s on the 315. Um, it gives a bit of scoreboard pressure. So instead of coming in and you're just having your rest, you know that if, if I'm, for, say for example, I'm doing 200s on 3.15, I know if I want to do get 15 seconds rest, I've got to swim three minutes. Whereas if I was feeling a bit lazy, you might just cruise in on whatever time mm. and you still get your 15 seconds rest. So it's helpful in that regard. So it also helps you to do sets on time. So for example, um, if you've got no idea what using the clock means, you might do six by 200 yards or meters or whatever it is, and you might do them on the four minutes. So that means every four minutes you're pushing off the wall. Um, so if you come in on 3.45, you'll have 15 seconds rest. If you come in on 3.30, you'll have 30 seconds rest. Come in on 3.55, you've got five seconds rest. So it's especially if you're somebody that struggles with motivation in the pool and you get a bit bored, doing sets on particular times keeps you a little bit more honest. Mm. Number four. Number four. Do a series of 400 meter yard or yards TTs, say once a month. So it's quite an art form. Learning to swim a hard 400 fast it takes a lot of practice because most people will go out like the clappers and uh, and then explode. So if you were swimming a, you know, uh, so for an average swimmer they might do the first hundred in one minute 50. The second one will be 155. Third one might be two two minutes, and the last one they might hold on to a two minute. So learning to actually have even pacing is quite an art form. So take your 100 meter splits. Um, if you've got those form goggles, it'll do it all for you. Yeah. Um, but if you've got just a standard watch, you can either hit the lap button or it should show you your splits as well. Great benchmark test. And what I use it for with athletes, once I feel they've mastered it and actually learned how to swim a good hard 400, then you can use that sort of extrapolated out to use uh, for setting your zones for, for your other intensities, a bit like what you do with a 20-minute TT. Number five is sit down and watch some others swim and look at what their arms are doing below the water compared to yours. So hopefully you've done that video footage and then you can watch them. And uh, obviously you can do this online as well, but it's nice to just sometimes see you know, average swimmers. Most of the stuff you're going to see uh, online is going to be like Ian Thorpe or... Uh, What's the um, Phelps. Phelps or somebody like that? But seeing some people down at your pool and just sort of analysing their technique, try to see if you can see somebody who's like zigzagging up and down the pool. Watch and try to figure out why they're doing that. Normally, because their hands are going across in front of their head, or they're really crossing below underneath the water. So watch some other people swim and uh, and try to pick their technique apart. Okay, good stuff. So uh, you, so you've got a couple more coming, haven't you? Yep, we've got one on the bike and one on the run. I think that's nice yeah, that's triathlon. That's it. Swim, 
bike run. Good high five. John, we've got an interview coming up. We have uh, Alyssa Daler, and I pronounce her name incorrectly when we start off because her surname is spelt D-O-E-H-L-A. I'm pretty sure it's Daler. How, so. how would you think? How, would, how did you pronounce it? Dola. Yeah, I get that. Okay, here she is right now. It's a really good interview. Here we go. Okay, guys, um, we have got a super speedy runner that we mentioned on the show a few weeks ago. She finished 11th at Challenge Daytona. Uh, it's Alyssa Dola. Hopefully, I've got that surname pronounced correctly. We'll find out in a moment. Um, finished 11th in Daytona, and then in 2019, she had three podiums on the 70.3 circuit. Um, 2017, she was USAT Rookie of the Year um, after and winning everything she touched as, a, as an age group. It went straight up to the pro rankings. Got a marathon PB of 231.56, 5K 15.28, and 10K of 32.14. So, Alyssa, welcome along to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. When, when you get a 231, where do you place? I was um, eighth at our um, marathon trials in okay. 2012. So, yeah. And, and how many people, that was, how many do they take to the Olympics? Probably two or three? Three. Yeah. So I was actually an alternate that year because some of the women in front of me made the 10 K team, um, and maybe a couple made the five K team. So yeah, I was an alternate and unfortunately didn't get to go. What's it like as an alternate? Cause you, you know, you've got to keep your commitment up, but there is this kind of, there's a likelihood you probably won't go, but there's always a hope you're going to go. What is it hard to be motivated when you're that person? Yeah, it was actually kind of strange because I wasn't even necessarily super aware that I was the alternate I didn't really I mean it was like I kind of knew but didn't really know and because there were a couple women in front of me too who were ended up being injured who could have um and so I didn't really fully realize so I got a phone call that was like I mean days before that (laughs) Des Linden was like she kind of knew she was hurt but was like toying with starting or not. And she had till like a certain time to decide. And so they were like, if she says, you know, she can't start, be ready to go. And I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty strange. And I don't fault her for starting. She actually didn't end up finishing but I mean I would have done the same thing in her position so it was a very weird like 24 hours where it was like am I going this is very odd but yeah so uh, you, you've been been doing sort of pro try for for a couple of seasons now and we'll talk about why 2018 didn't really happen and and obviously the last 12 months has been uh, pretty challenging I imagine um but contrast to life as a, a pro runner compared to being a pro triathlete Yeah, you know, it's really funny because um, I was like a little snobby about triathlon before I started doing it myself. Um, You know, we would kind of look down on triathletes like, oh, they're just like runners who couldn't run, kind of feel sorry for them, you know. (laughs) And then I switched and it was, I mean, it's, I I mean, I hate to say it, but I have to eat my words because it's a lot harder. I mean, it's just the volume is so much more, you know, I mean, even running 130 miles a week, it's not that many hours compared to, you know, half Ironman training and hopefully I do a full someday, but it's, it's a lot more. So I apologize to the triathletes, you know, that I used to kind of look down at because it's, it's a lot harder than just running. I think. But, but what about in terms of there's a training and the volume side of it, 
but the lifestyle and making a living, you know, obviously you haven't probably reached the same levels maybe as you did in running. Um, but how does that sort of contrast? Yeah, so I, triathlon is very, very different. And I don't know how it is in other countries, but at least in the US, um, it's kind of interesting how running has developed. There are kind of different training centers around the country. I mean, I think everyone's heard of Bowerman Track Club, but then there's um, there's Northern Arizona Elite, there's Team USA Minnesota. There, so and I was with a group um, called Zap Fitness. It's now on Zap Endurance. So you could kind of um, come out of college and maybe not have been an NCAA champion. And so maybe not getting a sponsorship directly on your own, if you were to just try and be coached by who you wanted to be coached and do it on your own, you could, you can join a group. And, um, so that's what I did. And it, it's just interesting to me because I, I was able to make a, a really actually very good living at it because we were paid a salary and then we had bonuses and we had health insurance and um room and board we lived um kind of it was like for, for zap it's a little different it was a uh, we did adult running camps in the summertime um so we were you know pro runners but we were also the coaches the bus boys and the maids and the lawn care people and we were kind of jack of all trades to keep the the camps going um but it's just kind of different in triathlon than to come to this and i don't really feel like there's a level of like, I don't know, support that is available within running. So it's, so it's just kind of totally different to me. Um, and I've done decently well. Um, and I hope, hopefully when things kind of get back to normal, I can, you know, keep doing better and getting more sponsorships, but, um, yeah, it's a very different landscape. It feels like, and a different, just, environment where I think in running there's a feeling of um coaches wanting to come along and help you be better for love of the sport and not that people aren't doing it for love of the sport within triathlon but it, it can a little bit I think because it's so expensive feel like everyone's looking out for number one all the time I don't know it's just it's been very different it's yeah, yeah it feels really different so, so you've been in a world, you were in a world that was very supported, um, both kind of financially, group-wise, coaching-wise, and you come to a world where it's very kind of more of a, a solo experience. Where have you had to develop yourself as a person, maybe not as an athlete, because of this kind of new environment you're in? Yeah, I mean, I think just in general, coming to something that I knew nothing about, I sort of just kind of said I wanted to try it at a time when my life was just sort of in kind of a transient change upheaval time. Um, I was getting married and moving and running was very uncertain. Just, it was kind of a crisis of self kind of moment. And I just wanted to step away. Um, and so, yeah, then coming to triathlon and I just, I just thought I would try it while like figuring out what grad school I wanted to go to kind of thing. Um, but having to figure out cycling and I mean, there's so much running. It's just your shoes, your kit, you know, and your watch. It's a lot simpler mm -hmm. and I'm kind of a spacey kind of person. So coming to something that has like 
so many pieces of equipment to have just at any given moment and so many things that need to be charged. And that was kind of a big change for me of, I guess, like personal responsibility, learning about my bike, learning how to maintain and care for it. And um, yeah, just kind of juggling those kind of things was very different for me. Um, when I, when I looked through some of your results, it looks like you're, you're running really well and, you know, compared to the others, um, in the female field, has your running off the bike been as good as what you wanted it to be relative to, you know, the, when you're running fresh and in, in the running days? Um, I think there's still room to grow. I, um, I'm coached by David Tilbury Davis, and I think we both feel like there's still room to get faster and improve. And I think through getting stronger at cycling, I can keep getting faster off the bike. Um, so yeah, I, I have been pleased with it, but I feel like there's more that I can get. Any, uh, first triathlon experiences, any, any sort of rookie errors you made? Well, (laughs) I mean, I'm definitely, I was very lucky. I feel like for a while of not really making maybe mistakes while racing until Daytona. And then I feel like I made about the rookiest mistake you can of just totally losing focus. I think I was so excited to get off the bike and I, I didn't anticipate being in 15th. So I was just like, okay, like once I get off my bike, like this is going to be great. Like I can run and I'll be catching people. And I just like, I don't think I was in the moment taking my foot out of my shoe. (laughs) And next thing I knew I was eating pavement and um, trying to get my chain back on. So (laughs) It was kind of a terrible time to have a rookie moment in that field. But um, I guess if I have to learn it, I guess better in in 2020 than maybe another year. So still ended up getting 11th, which is fine, but kind of ended up making me very angry at myself as to where I could have ended up. Um, However, did they get caught on camera or was it a... uh, a... No, thank God. (laughs) I was so worried and I was so embarrassed. And I was just like, oh my God, thank goodness there was not a camera on me. I would have died. Even though my husband was like, that would have been awesome. They would have had you on on the um, broadcast. I was like, no, it wouldn't have been. It'd be so embarrassing. (laughs) So thankfully they did not catch it. As a runner, did you feel you reached your peak? No, actually. And that's kind of, um, not that I have regrets. I feel like I had a really good running career, but just kind of had what I kind of refer to as like a series of unfortunate years where, um, I left the training group that I was with for just a variety of reasons and, but kind of made a poor coaching decision right after that, that led to like, kind of some injury issues that took, I don't know, the better part of 2014 to kind of get a hold of and then um, trained for LA to qualify for 2016 and got sick the Tuesday before the race and just kind of had this like snowball effect of like, I can't catch a break. And it all kind of led to like feeling a little tired of what felt like beating my head against the wall and not really getting the results that I felt like I, I, I know that I could have run faster, but just kind of, I got really tired and just had like, I had a, I can talk about it now. It was very difficult time though, because I had worked with a sports psychologist for the better part of nine years off and on. And, um, right in that 2015 sort of like upheaval time, 
um, had to deal with the fact that he had sexually harassed me during 2014. Mm. And I like to talk about it now just because I think it is something that needs to be talked about in sport. Cause I think we put a yeah. lot of trust in the people that we surround ourselves with. Um, and so it can be just like shocking. And it was like the, the bottom of my world fell out in a way. Um, cause he had really been a person who had encouraged me to, you know, continue working towards like my Olympic dreams. And wh- while saying like, you know, at the end of it, like you can go to grad school, you are smart enough, you are good enough, you are like, you can do life afterwards while, you know, continuing to strive at this running thing. Um, like I believe in you. And it meant a lot to me to have somebody say that, that to me, just like you are good enough outside of running. Um, and then when that sort of happened, it was like, well, what does that mean? Like, I just sort of lost sight of who I was outside of running and it just sort of, yeah. So I, I do, it's, it's difficult to talk about, but I like to talk about it just because I think a lot of not just women, but men can run into experiences like that. And um, yeah, talking about it and reaching out for help is like vital. It's just on the, and you can, you can tell me bigger if you want, but <clears throat> so, so he kind of built you up, but then once the an incident happened or something happened, which is obviously pretty horrific, um, then it kind of diminished everything he said because then you, you kind of didn't trust his motive. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like all along. And it was interesting because, you know, I mean, doing um, sport at a very high level, you, I don't like to call it sacrificing because it wasn't something to me, it wasn't a sacrifice to, to do that, to put off further schooling or, you know, not get a regular job like my friends, like it, but it's opportunity cost, right? Like you, you, you're doing one thing in, you know, lieu of another. And yeah, he was a person who it was like, yeah, you're doing this, you're making these choices, but you, you can do this when you're done, like you can. And so, yeah, to just have it, like, it was like, was he playing this like crazy long game or did he have it? It was so, it was like so out of the blue. I thought he had a brain tumor, like, but he didn't, it was just very like, okay, you're just taking this opportunity to, um, really mess me up. And so it just kind of took me a while to work through it. And it was kind of in getting ready to get married and doing some like couples counseling that a lot of it like surfaced. And, um, yeah, it was good to, to work through because I don't think I would continue to be an athlete if I hadn't, but I think it's something people and kids especially need to be aware of, but also adults. I was 27 years old. And, you know, I think what's interesting is, especially when it's a psychologist is like, we had done a lot of, um, you know, personality testing and like, he just, he knew that I'm, I'm not, I'm not an assertive person necessarily. So it felt like, that, and that what's ironic is like he and I had worked on that, like me being a more sort of person, but it was like he took advantage of like knowing that I'm not like a stand. It was really hard for me to stand up and be like, "What are you saying to me?" And and he knew that, you know. So it was just very, um, yeah, difficult to trust after that. Difficult to kind of. And I'd been really lucky because I'd had great coaches up to that point and great people around me, and so it just was kind of like, okay well, this is the real world. This happens. And just kind of wanting, you know, people and young people to be aware that like, you can stand up for yourself when it starts feeling strange, like speak up. 
Yeah. Mm. Well, you, obviously, then you came to triathlon and, and things are going pretty good. You know, 2016, you're, you're smoking it as an age grouper and you, you move into pros. 2017, you have some pretty good results. Um, so I imagine think, you're probably thinking things are on the up. And 2018 um, struck you. And, and talk us through, through 2018 because you've had your fair share of curveballs by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 2017 was great. And I thought, okay, like 2018 is going to be awesome and made it a week and a half into 2018 and then got hit by a pickup truck uh, just on a regular training ride. Um, and yeah, it was kind of funny because I think, you know, I think a lot of athletes, especially athletes at this high level, were like pretty naturally optimistic people. You know, otherwise, I don't think you would keep going because I don't think anyone has a like perfectly upward linear trajectory you know I think we all get curveballs thrown at us and so when it happened I was like oh, okay like well, I have two broken vertebrae I've got a broken arm broken hand stress fracture in my knee like all these things will heal and I hadn't ever really taken um just a big break I had been running at a very high level since I was 15 years old and so I kind of was like okay I'll just take this time to kind of relax and, you know, it'll be kind of good. I can't do anything. So this will be good. Um, and then it just sort of kept going. Like we kept finding kind of new things out. My knee was kind of the troublesome spot. Like I, we, everything took longer to heal than we thought. Like everything took double the amount of time, my arm, my back, like, and then my knee just kept hurting. Like I tried to do, um, steelhead that year and I'd been, aqua jogging and running and aqua jogging and running. Cause I just kept having pain in my knee and it, um, turned out it's, it was plica band syndrome, which I'd never heard of or known anybody that had it, but I guess it's, um, leftover embryonic connective tissue that doesn't do anything. It has no function and not even everybody has a plica band. Um, I think it's only 50% of people have one. Um, but if it gets, like impact or overuse, it can hurt. And so mine was from the impact of the injury, but it, you can run through it, but I was starting to limp. And so it was just like, mm -hmm. obviously going to mess everything up. So I ended up having, um, surgery where they just cut it out, um, October of that year. So it went from like thinking it would be like a eight week recovery to off and on kind of the whole year. Um, which was definitely not the way I thought it was going to go. And I'm really grateful for having my husband. Cause I had kind of said, you know, I was getting, I'm getting older. And so I was like, I'll give it a year and we'll, you know, see at the end of the year. And he's like, you got hit by a pickup truck. You can't give it a year. You have to give it two. And so I was really grateful that he was there to kind of say that. Cause then it, it did, it took all the way basically till the end of 2019 to kind of come around and start podiuming again. And, um, yeah, so yeah, it was definitely a curveball that I didn't anticipate. How do you find it mentally racing triathlons? You know, compared to say a cross country race, which I imagine if it's it's probably pretty similar, even at an elite level, to the old school cross country where it's like go like crazy for about the first four hundred meters or so, and then you kind of settle in. Um, to in triathlon, you know, you're now on the back foot um, in the swim. You're quite a long way back. It looks like you can, you sort of hold your own on the run on the bike, and then you come through on the run. So mentally, is it is it been quite different for you to adjust from the, the running mentality to to the patient triathlon mentality? Absolutely, yeah. That was one thing that kind of surprised me. I guess with triathlon was just 
the fact that so much can change throughout the race, right? Because I'm an okay swimmer, but I tend to be, you know, like at Daytona, I was, I think, 20 something. So front half, but barely. And yeah, then just like putting your head down and grinding on the bike, knowing that so much can change on the run. And I think I kind of learned that in my first ever triathlon, I was six minutes down off the bike. And as a runner, it was like, you don't make up six minutes in a 10 K that just doesn't happen in a 10 K or, you know, like it just, it's not a thing. Mm. And so I was just like shocked when in the last mile I could see the girl in front of me. And then it was like, I think 1200 to go. I passed her and it was like, well, what just happened? That doesn't happen. Mm. So it was just a very good lesson of like, in triathlon, it literally anything can happen till the very end where, you know, you patiently grind away and just because so many, everyone's strengths are so different and you yeah. don't, I mean, obviously you start to know people's strengths, but at that time I didn't. So it was like, I didn't know that this person wasn't that strong of a runner. So it was very surprising, but knowing that now it's like, okay, just keep grinding and you'll keep catching people. And um, hopefully we can keep like honing my run so that that just keeps happening. What does the future look like for you? Obviously this year, hopefully we see a bit more racing, you know, COVID kind of gets out of the way and we can get back to kind of some normality of life. Um, you know, you've already had a kind of an athletic career as a runner. You've kind of come into triathlon careers the second half of your athletic life. You know, where do you, what do you look at the next few years and we want to kind of go? Do you look for the longer course? What's the plan? Yeah, I think, you know, I think if I can be competitive at 70.3s, we'll maybe hover around there for a little while longer. I mean, it's just kind of funny because 2019, you know, threw everyone for a loop, but we had kind of thought, okay, well, like, I just feel like with 2018 happening the way it did. And then even 2019, like I hadn't really mastered 70.3s. Like I was just still, even though I'd been at it for three years by the end of 2019, it just felt like I don't, I haven't actually gained that much race experience just from the way things have gone. So we kind of, we're going to use 2020 as like, okay, let's really nail 7.3s and then maybe move up. But that clearly didn't get to happen. So we'll just keep trying to gain some mastery at 70.3s um, or kind of the middle distance since challenge races are kind of funny distances. But, um, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the plan is to move up at some point. Um, you know, I think it all kind of, I feel like triathlon's in this like weird, you know, transition-y time right now, looking at where everything's going to go sort of prize money wise and different things. So on some level, you kind of have to follow the money. And if it makes more sense to race more 70.3s rather than a couple Ironmans, you know, I'll probably keep doing that as long as I can. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of see where it goes. Um, you know, I, I do want to use sports um, to help people change their lives. I, I, my, my degree is in psychology, and I would like to use that and kind of combine sports and psychology someday. But, um, you know, for now, I'm still very focused on myself as an athlete, and, and we'll get there. But hopefully gaining, like... Um, you know, as hopefully I get better and more maybe recognized using the platforms that I get to kind of, yeah. After this interview, create accessibility. After this interview, everyone's going to know you. Oh, you're yeah. going to be so hot. <laughs> you're going to hit <laughs> <Watch out, paparazzi. laughs> 
all right. I'm going to be waiting for them outside my door and all. This is a 50% commission coming. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> are you racing yeah. Challenge Miami? I see that's coming up. Yes. Yes, oh. I am. And I'm really excited about it. Just excited to race. I feel like last year kind of reminded everyone like, yeah, we really do love to race when you don't get to do it. It's like, wow, I can't wait to do it again because that's what we're doing it for. Awesome. So if people want to follow you, we um, we gave you a plug a few weeks ago on the show saying you've, you're one of the few pro athletes that's got a good website and we know your husband uh, gets the credit for that. So, yeah, well done, husband. Um, uh, yes. Alyssa Dola, which is, how, how do you pronounce your surname correctly? Oh, yeah, it's Dela. It's Dela. not at all how it looks. It's okay. Dela, yeah. So it's Alyssa, then D-O-E-H-I-A.com. Um, any other plugs you want to get, get out there? Anything else you, you're up to or any other channels you, you want to get out there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, we've got that website and then I'm just Alyssa Dela, like on Instagram, Twitter, everything. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this year. I'm with a squared bikes this year, which I think is fun and, um, excited to get racing on their bikes. Um, I'm just excited. Cause I think, you know, I like their platform of just kind of trying to create accessibility with like, a a bike that's monetarily more accessible to people so mm. you know that fits right in with what i enjoy about the sport is i think it's lifelong if you get into it and um hopefully financial barriers don't have to be there for everyone so yeah get on a nice word bike and i'm pretty pumped about it cool i will look forward to seeing um challenge miami in a few weeks time so good luck with that and uh Hopefully we'll see you at some races um, in the coming 24 months or so. Maybe 70.3 world champs down here in New Zealand next year. Yes. Oh, my God. I was so disappointed. That was like the biggest letdown of last year was not getting to go to New Zealand for Worlds. Oh, my God. So You'll get your chance. You'll get your chance. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. That'll be awesome. Awesome. Thanks for your time. You rock. Yeah. Thank you, guys. John, like, geez, I love that interview. I love her honesty about, um, <clears throat> obviously, sexual abuse stuff. It's pretty horrible when we think about, you know, someone who's in position of influence and in a position where you put a lot of trust in somebody mm. and then something like that happens. And unfortunately, now, that was, we don't want to paint everybody with the same brush because most people out there are pretty great and most coaches are pretty great. But unfortunately, there is an aspect of that in our world. Just like society, isn't it? It's just a little aspects, and we've seen it with all the gymnastics um, yeah. as well. Did you watch that docker on, on Netflix? No, was it? No, I haven't. Oh, it's 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 well, it's brilliant, but brilliant for the wrong reasons. Mm. But and it's just, it just it's really interesting how institutes let these like they know it's happening. Mm. You know, it's just they turn a blind eye. Like I can't remember what the name of docker is, but it's about um, who was the 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 doctor of the US Olympic. Um, gymnastics, gymnastics team mm. and it's basically sexually abusing pretty much all the girls and often in front of the mothers you know like mm. uh, and he was like oh no this is a procedure and blah blah, blah and oh, just just a creep mm. you know just absolute creep but I'm looking forward to seeing Elisa just uh, smoking it on the run course in the next little period she's doing Miami as you heard which is going to be awesome but she's a top quality runner so looking forward to seeing what she can do in uh, the triathlon circle especially when she can have a good you know a more uninterrupted with that crash and all that uh, you know some uninterrupted training she's yeah, it would have been interesting I think when I went and did the research she would have you know now would have should have could have I think she would have got sixth Right. If she didn't have that transition crash, mm. you know. So if, if she'd done the transition correctly, and she ran the same time, she probably would have gone up like five spots, which is quite a big, big paycheck. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What a coulda shoulda. What a coulda shoulda. <laughs> okay, guys, let's do wanger of the week. week. I'm going to say 
87. 87. 87 is probably my first year I love music. Right. You know what I mean? Like when, like when you know we're... You know when you really love, you know you, you're a big music fan, big music fan. Yeah, still love my Jersey Boys from a few weeks ago. Do, do the soundtrack? Do you listen to the soundtrack when you? Ah, uh, I, I listen to the odd song. Yeah, Cherry. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> We're not getting a part in that <laughs> musical anytime soon. <laughs> okay, so number eighty-seven is a name I cannot pronounce, but I, it doesn't even. It's got so many dots behind it. Um, oh, it's right. been a, twelve hours thirty-seven minutes. You did last week, Nicholas. I'll, I'll do the name when I click on it because it's. Uh, more Dredsky or something, but it's not all letters there. Uh, he did 12 activities, one hour and eight minutes of swimming, seven hours, 30 minutes of biking, and three hours and 49 minutes of running to finish in 87th place on the leaderboard. And Interesting looking at his training. Built up to October. Had an easy month in November and is building mm-hmm. it back up again. Morzebski. He's from Champaign in Illinois. Illinois. It's got a nice red Trek bike with the old infinite uh, oh, here we go. Here bottle on the back there. Motorchuski. Motorchuski. That's how Apple says it. Uh, so he's got that. He's obviously got a young fella as well um, in a buggy, which looks like it's get, getting plenty of run mileage. Got pictures of swimming. He's been uh, pretty solid. So, oh, what happened in November? Had a couple of uh, little period in November where he did nothing for a couple of weeks, and but maybe a race because he nice had a massive October. So mm. maybe it was a race, but a downtime afterwards. Could have been. You got to do that, John. You do. You can't do it. You can't train hard all day every day. He did. Tw- uh, yes, today he did twenty seven hundred meters in the pool, five times one hundred and fifty at T pace, two hundred cruise, five times hundred at T pace, and then eight twenty fives varied. Looks like he's a bit of a Zwifter as well. So good on you. Nicholas Moritzki, <laughs> you are our wanger, wanger of, the week. of the week. Okay, with the questions and, and answers. answers. Okay, well, John didn't out tell me. And he's seen this through before. He's seen this to us before, John. Yeah. Yep, yeah, because when we first when we first had to start naming Taupo as Tupo. Taupo. Taupo. Toe as in your toe, and then poor as in a poor of an animal. Taupo. 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 And Mortuaka, I always we always used to say Mortuaka. No, is it Mortuaka? Mortuaka. Mortuaka. Timaru. I did a race in Timaru the other day. Timaru. Tauranga. Tauranga. It sounds cool. <laughs> there you go. So it's part two of today's Tereo lesson. Yep, he sent us some. Is it Tereo? Probably. <laughs> we have a link if you want to learn a few of the, especially how to say topo, uh, a few of them. Check out our show notes, and there's a little wrap to. Learn how to say it properly. Okay. Um, John Swimset. John Swimset. Did you swim this morning? We did swim this morning. Well, no, some of us swam this morning. Who didn't do that? Give, give his name and shame. Tyrone, two weeks in a row. Come on, Tyrone. The You're Iron, an athlete. The Iron Man build up what, what's, has what's fallen to pieces. Oh, really? He's an Iron Man. to pieces. And what's his excuse? That he has not received a text message yet, but he will be getting scolded shortly. Oh, sharpen up, mate. How, if Tyrone goes well in Iron Man New Zealand, what does that look like? Uh, winning the age group, oh, qualifying for Kona that is no won't be able to go to. So what happens there? Well, I asked him to go and find out about that. Because interestingly, if Kona goes ahead this year, which well, I'm, I'm sure, but whether you can get there or not is another well, question. Is the age group risk going to go ahead? Well, we'll do, but yeah, yeah, definitely, not definitely, but I'm very confident it's going ahead. Whether you can get there is another story. So Americans will be able to get there, no problem. Yeah, but does that mean you're null and void? Well, this is this is what we don't know. If you qualify at AMA New Zealand and you can't really travel to it, does that roll over or not? Mm. It's because our problem is we can get there, 
But then when we come back, we have to go into quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. So anyway, today's swim set, the Tyrone Mist, uh, 400, and it was it was dark and it was drizzling and we're outside and it was a little bit chilly. Sounds like a pretty good day to miss a swim. But it was a nice swim. F- f- lane, and we had to do social distancing as well, so we're all in separate lanes. Uh, 400 metre warm up and then we did two times 133 metre IMs, remembering we're in a 33 and a third metre pool. And then uh, we did a distance there because I set the t- session up for Tyrone and uh, didn't turn up. Oh, so Come on, Tyrone. <laughs> and they even had plaques on the side of the wall, go Tyrone. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we did 600 metres descending, so that's getting progressively faster. Then a 400, we were in 100 steady, 100 moderate hard, 100 steady, 100 moderate hard, 200 bands only, 100 hard, 100 hard, and in fact, we couldn't do the 100 hards because then we would have... So what they did at the pool this morning is they had two people in a lane maximum and one was allowed to start at one end of the pool and the other was at the other end and okay. you weren't supposed to stop at the other end. Okay. So I had two 100s and I said, okay, we'd have to do, make that a 200. Uh, and then we did 200. Then we went back up again, repeated it all, 200 bands only, 400, doing 100 steady, 100 moderately hard, and then 600 ascending so that was starting fast and going back down so it was a main set of 600 400 200 100 100 200 400 600 actually went really quickly it's great oh there you go so you got two races coming up here no i've done two races in less than a week so i raced in timaru the week before where i got uh cleaned up a little bit by the youngsters took out roadsy but took out roadsy (laughs) and then went race on friday night out of the lake crichton triathlon as well and Hashtag uh, panic swim training's paid off a little bit. Oh, hashtag was, panic swim training. I was leading most of the way. Some young fella came around me before the final boy. So oh, come on, mate! Don't just don't just take the glory. <laughs> and you know, if, he's, if you've got a nuisance leading, the old buggers leading the whole way. Let him come out of the water first. The young fellas that were there, granted, swimming's not their strength. Hey, but yeah, but I was, uh, you don't tow them the whole way. I was gassing it to the first boy. You get you go about 150 metres to the first boy yep. and I thought, I'm just going to separate myself from, from these boys. And then I just gassed it and I'm like, where are you guys? And then it wasn't until about halfway through the course I felt a little tap on the feet. Uh, and so I was second out of the swim. It was first equal, second. I was say first equal. Uh, actually, I probably should say second. Yep. And then I think I was probably fifth out of transition. Pick <laughs> <laughs> it up! These guys are fast to transition and my transitions are woeful. Like I wasn't slow, but they were fast. But why were you so slow? Just like one foot didn't quite come out of the wetsuit that quickly and they are sprinting through and I'm sort of, you know, going as good as I can. They cleaned me up and then it was all over. Rover, I had to bloody work my nuts off for the first lap of the bike. Caught on on to the guys in second, but by then the guy who ended up winning was off the front and I couldn't get on. And then ran quite a bit better than the week before. Uh, it's finished third. So great to be racing yourself into shape. Love racing yourself into shape. I know I'm not in great shape, but I want to be in shape in about a month. And racing is by far the best way to do it. Do um, many people go out to Lake Crichton race? It was a, it was a sold out. They had capacity field. Oh, great stuff. Which is only maybe 120, 130, because that's as many as you want on that course. Yep. Uh, so it was all good. Good times. Uh, John, let's do sponsors. We have our patrons, Finn, the Professor's Wager. We've got uh, Simon. Go Motormouth. Yeah, I like Motormouth. Early. 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 Ben, the Inflictor Cobra. We've got Matthew Overload Crehan. So, John, if you want to become a patron, go to www.imtalk.me. 
you go down the front of the page, go to support the show, it's all pretty obvious. Also, if you want to get your show emailed to you, same place, down the bottom of the front page. Coaching from coachjohnyusum.com, my podcast, bevanjamesiles.com. Other content, you can either email us at iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com or just go to our website. John, you goss. Uh, what's my goss? What did I do at the weekend? Had a race, uh, went and saw some friends, but a bit of America's Cup viewing. Are you liking the cup? Oh, it's a bit disappointing when it's four and four zip, not very exciting. Well, it's fast. Actually, one of our listeners, who is that? I'm going to give someone a bit of crap here, John, because one of our listeners, because the, the, we should have do it this week in other sport. Okay. This week in other sport. So for those around the world, no one cares about America's Cup like New Zealand cares about the America's Cup. Great. You know, like New Zealand, we love the America's Cup. And even it was interesting on news last night. Who's the Australian guy? Uh, Spittle? Spittle. Yeah. Sp- he's one of, the guy, one of the guys, the whole country hates him. Yeah, but, he, but he's a great character in sport. Mm. You know, he's a bit like Mecca. Mm. You know? Very, uh, no, he's very annoying at Spittle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure he's a good guy, but he annoys all the New Zealanders. Um, so, so he was saying, he was saying, it's really awesome racing in New Zealand because it's like basically racing, racing a stadium. You know, mm. the, the crowds are so huge and the boats are out. It's nothing like it in the whole world. Mm. We love the America's Cup. And there's a long story behind it. But um, basically the Poms in the first brigade, which they had before Christmas, just got the downtrowed. Complete downtrowed. Hardly even finished the race. Like it was just appalling. And then they came back and they dominated the first thing. Dominated. Time, didn't lose. And now the, the, the pet's falling down again. Yeah. <laughs> suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy that's on there, that's the captain of their boat or skipper. Ben Ainsley. Ben Ainsley. He's Sir Ben Ainsley. Yeah, he does need some suspenders. Why don't we see, <laughs> let's get some I Am Talk brand of suspenders and send them up to the whole team. Now, someone sent Mr. One of our listeners sent me through an email saying, ah, uh, see, ben, ben Ainsley never loses after they won that last regretter. So who is that? I've got to find the name. <laughs> um, He's won, the reason he's a sir is he's won multiple gold medals for Great Britain and he is amazing. Oh, he's a legend. Uh, he is a, he, he's an absolute legend. But, but they are getting their pants pulled down. And the, th- the reason why this is quite intriguing is you don't quite know what's going to happen in this. It's really, can, anything can happen. And so even when a team's got a reason, reasonable sort of lead or a moderate lead, one little mistake and it's all over and it can be a complete turnaround. The Kiwis, boats, we, know, we know you're watching it anyway, but for the rest of the world, that's how it kind of rolls. The boats are phenomenal, aren't they? Mm. The boats are absolutely phenomenal. And the bloody palms nearly tipped theirs in the, oh. the other day as well. Oh. So you know, but America's Cup, what else? You couldn't find the person? No, unfortunately <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. Ben's not coming back. Yeah. You're, oh, well, and you lost the rugby, you palms to the Scots. I Come know. on, Scotland. Go Scotland. What are the boys that only have a goss? Going away this weekend to Wellington, child-free weekend, which Bom, looking forward to. Bow, bow. <laughs> and like, well, what are you going to do in Wellington? You got you got plans? Well, I tell you what, we're not going to do. Depending on what happens with COVID this week, is we were going to go for a nice little run along the waterfront on Sunday oh, to morning. The, to me, on a beautiful like because I've been up there coaching my runners because we've got a crew up there. On a dark morning, running on a still come on Wellington, totally for still, but on a still dark morning, mm. when you run there, that might be one of the most beautiful runs in the world. Because you run around the waterfront, you head away from town, and then you come back and you've got the city lights, and it's just, oh, absolutely stunning. Um, so we were planning on doing that, and then I was speaking to my timing guy, and there's supposed to be a run on there this weekend with like 16,000 people around the oh, base. Oh, around the base. Oh, yeah, you can win it. But that might not be on. If, uh, so you're hoping it's not on so you can go for your run? Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll find an alternate route uh, if that's the case. So that's this weekend. Wait a second, have we got any plans? Like, you going to do anything in Wellington? Uh, a lot of eating, and Belinda's got a bit of shopping arranged, and just kid-free weekend, really, that's the plan. Have you got a restaurant you go to? 
Uh, she's she's in charge of that. Oh, okay, good. And wedding anniversary. So it's kind of like wedding anniversary is tomorrow, I think. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. And I've got it in my diary there just so I don't forget. I didn't forget our wedding anniversary, but porno. Porno is a good friend. He's one of those friends who will send you the text. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm hopeless. I don't yeah. know anyone of my mates' wedding anniversaries. And por- I literally, literally just said, oh, happy wedding anniversary, babe. And then Porno said a text yeah. to both of us. It's like, oh, I, I was like, mate, if you were 10 minutes earlier, I look really bad. Yeah. So Porno, love you as mate. Good on you. But next year, wait till 10. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wait till lunchtime. Yeah. What's uh, happening with you, Bevan? Well, coast to coast, uh, it was pretty cool. It was, it was actually really cool, actually. So one thing when you're doing emceeing, so like first day, I was first time I've ever done like the race briefing beforehand. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was trying to make, I was kind of a little bit nervous just to make sure I did a decent job. Um, and I hadn't never ever done the start, so I didn't really know how it worked on the coast to coast. Mm-hmm. So, but they just gave like they never actually used an MC. Mm-hmm. I think in the past, just Jody, they just got a hooter and they went. Yeah. So I, they gave me a speaker and I went down, and it actually it was actually pretty fine. Um, but then second, so then the second day I did the start, then I did Aitkins, and I went to the Gorge Bridge. But I started at four in the morning, went through yeah, at eight thirty. It was a long day. So. And the coast to coast thing about the coast to coast is the majority of the fields are two day crew, mm-hmm. and then you get the one days, but only about 180 people do the one day. Mm. So that's where it's different to an Ironman because everyone's doing the Ironman. Um, but basically, once the first lot of one day has come through, it's pretty much kind of every five to ten minutes you're going to see another athlete. Yeah. So I'm getting pretty bored, and, and I love I just get a bit silly. Yeah. So then I end up paying this this kid fifty bucks to go in the water, because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like. Okay, I'll give anyone 50 bucks if they go in the water. And they, all these kids came. So I made all these kids have this running race. Yeah. And then one kid run the running race. And then I had to ask his mum if it was okay. And then he, and he did. <laughs> he just nice. flopped in the water. And it would have been bloody freezing. So that was a pretty good effort. Uh, other than that, John, body's coming along nicely. Good. Yep. So I've still got a bit of the sciatica kind of pain, but it's moving away. I think I might try to uh, a coast walk. Coast to coast next year. Oh, no, shit. No, let's not be no, I think I might, what I was going to say was, I think I'll start a walk-run program pretty soon. <laughs> I think maybe in the two, next two or three weeks I'll be able to do a walk-run. But ACC did ring me yesterday. Okay. I am still technically on ACC. Well, I am on ACC. And uh, they said, you're doing very well, because I said my goal is to get back to work in April, beginning of April. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, that would be faster than most people of your operation and it's faster than people in your industry. Mm-hmm. So in that case, I'm having off to October. <laughs> <laughs> so no, other than that, just... Just enjoying life. You versus me in coast to coast would be quite uh, not a nowadays. fair battle. If, if I could give myself a year to train, because mm. oh, come on, it's been years since I've done endurance sport. Yeah, Is but that, as I said, yeah, if we both train for it for as you said a year, we'd be even keel. You'd be a lot stronger in the kayak, I think. I think I'd have you. Yeah, because I think I think your swim's your big advantage. Mm-hmm. On the bike, there's not yeah. Same, same sort of, and I probably have more better. upper body strength. Running, mm. you might be a little bit better, but mm. we'd be pretty close. Mm. And in theory, I'm probably have more upper body strength. Kayak is telling. The kayak in that race is, it's probably like the yeah, almost like the key. second half of the bike, the run at Ironman. Yeah, it may, if you're a, crap, you're going to be identified very quickly and yeah, found out. And that's all because John and I were talking to the show, and I was saying, John, you you should do this race because you'd actually do really well. And I, <laughs> that's how we are after your kayak. Oh, since high school, you know, yeah. so, but you know, it's just a skill set, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, you should do one of the, you know, that you do that race you did earlier, that one where you, where you, oh, yep. you should yep. do that next year on the kayak. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia car. car.